Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermon from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and, and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And then again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Welcome back to the podcast room with Pastor Stephen. You are listening to the Unchangeable Truth Podcast. And before we get started, I have to say, I have a bottle of boxed water. Boxed uh, water is better. If uh, That's what it says on the box, actually. Boxed water is better. So if you have been listening to the podcast, you know that uh, Pastor Stephen was supposed to bring this to me a couple of weeks ago, but we finally have it. So I'm opening up right now. The box water that says box water is better. Let's taste it. Your life's going to be changed forever. Um, is it better? It's to me, it's not. Where have you had it? I, where, where have you had it? I mean, I've has had it been it, sitting in your car? No. Is it out of date? No, it's not out of date. Is there a date? Is does water go out of date? Well, box water does. I don't know. My wife brought it Look to at me. Look that little from, lid at the top, like like milk. She brought. Like milk. I don't see a date on oh, here. Well, see, that's your first problem. My wife Jay Tuck wanted a shout out. She brought she brought the box water um, because she listens to our podcast on a regular it's basis. Good. It's good. So good. Anyway, there it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with other. So the waters. best thing about you is my wife. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a true she statement. helps you out a lot. She does a lot. Yeah, a lot. Hey, we also want to give a shout out <laughs> today to uh, Alma Emery's husband. He listens all the time. Um, uh, and uh, he, he was wanting us to give him a shout out So, yeah. hey, Alma Emery's husband Alma Thank you Emery's for listening husband, Yes, yeah. and then Quality uh, guy That's right, we have our bilingual crowd out there <laughs> We'd like to say a shout out to Luisette Luisette Nunez Today's the day of shout outs She's, Yes, Luisette Nunez yeah. So, uh, there you shameless go. shout all, out All four of our listeners You know, all four of our listeners Got a shout out today Anyway Today, we are looking at Romans chapter 14, verses 1 through 10. And, uh, you know, yesterday you, you started to talk. Your title is In All Things Love, coming out of Romans chapter 14. But and, and it should have been, I don't know, I don't know if you got this, In All Things, comma, comma love. love. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. I got it. All right. Did I not, I, I may not have. Perfect. No, I just right wanted to make sure because it wasn't that, it wasn't written that way, I think, in some things. So, anyway. In all things, in all things, love, love. There you go. It, there go. It's not that big of a deal, but it, but it could be, could be. So you started out though, uh, kind of talking about churches, how churches fight over things, and you gave us this list of things that churches fight over based off of your experience. So I'm going to ask you this question: What is the craziest thing that you've experienced that that churches fight over? That I've experienced yeah. or I've heard of. E- either one. Whatever make for a good podcast yeah. story. Well, I pastored a church one time. I pastored a church one time that uh, was a, I don't know, it was a church around maybe a couple hundred people and was a very, very wealthy church and had <clears throat> a lot of money in the bank. And um, I kid you not, the f- I sat in on a business meeting the first one I was there and they debated 30 minutes on buying a new dustbuster for the nursery. 
and uh, like the the vacuum. Yeah, a dustbuster. Is that yeah? Is that it's a, a vacuum. handheld vacuum. Yeah, or like, like a you, yeah, yeah, to vacuum up like you know goldfish and oh, crackers and all that. And so uh, there were some for it and some against it. And yeah, there was. I mean, some got said some foolish things over a dustbuster with. I mean, I would say half a million dollars they had sitting in the bank. Wow. Just foolishness, foolishness. There's another church that I pastor that <laughs> that we uh, we had to make a decision because our church was growing so quickly to go from pews to chairs. And There's another church that I pastor. Okay, I got you. That, seriously, there were some folks that got very upset over the fact they were not consulted over the particular chair that was picked out. And so uh, I've got a guy on my staff that, that handles all our financial stuff and just uh, he's, he's our executive pastor. And so he, uh, he, he brought these, these people down and, and set out five or six chairs and said, okay, well you you pick out the one that you feel like is the one that we need. And, um, and so they, they sat, in a mall, and I was there. I witnessed it, and then they sat and said, "This is the one you need to get right here. Get this one right here." Okay, it was the exact chair that we had picked out that mm. they were mad about. It was just in a different color and a different fabric, and uh, so. But yeah, they made um, they made a fool of themselves in wow. the way that they had they acted and responded over over chairs versus us celebrating. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we need more <laughs> space. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, See, I'm trying to think some of the other things that I've been a part of. Well, can I can I share mine? Yeah. Uh, while you're thinking of other things, I uh, one of the churches that I served at served in, uh, we were making some changes due to just kind of the environment of the church, and uh, the pastor at the time went from a large, very large walnut pulpit. I know this church. A very small type of wood pulpit, and people were up in arms because this guy changed the pulpit. Because their granddaddy's granddaddy built that pulpit. Yeah. And just, and then we put stools on the stage so our guitar guy could sit and play and they said here are the words they said we're making the church like a bar because you put stools on the stage and people got so mad because we moved the pulpit and we put stools on the stage yeah i mean you can't make this stuff up the the well whenever the problem again we're going to go back to what we even talked about last week when church is built with a consumer yeah mindset then don't be surprised when you fight over foolish things to me if there's anything that we ought to get upset about there there are people within a stone's throw of probably every church building that are dying and going to hell yeah let's get upset about that let's get upset about the fact that uh that there there are people that are uh in the United States of America that will die and never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, there, there are some things to get upset about, 
what kind of chair you sit in, what kind of pulpit, yeah. and see and see God's still working on me. And I, I just stuff like that just infuriate me, and it causes me to want to respond like a lost man. And 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 you know my type of attitude would be, and this I don't encourage this. This is wrong. Please hear me, listeners. This is wrong. But my attitude would have been okay. I'm going to take an axe to that pulpit, mm. and uh, now you can come pick the pieces up and kick it home with yeah. you. And I probably would have lost my job if we did that. The uh, well, anyway, that's we're we're fortunate to to serve where we serve in the church that we serve in. And the, again, if we're going to get upset about something, goodness, let's get upset about something. that's going to last forever. Yeah. 10,000 years from now, is it really going to matter what color the carpet is? And you hear folks say that all the time, but there are churches who have fought over the color of the carpet. And as great as our church is, we, we, we received an anonymous little card that came, uh, I don't know how it, it, <laughs> it came in through our financial office. I guess somebody put it in the, we have drop buckets or something this week and basically was uh, complaining over, uh, they wanted to sing a particular kind of song because you, you can, in their words, you can feel God reach down from heaven when you sing a particular kind wow. of song. And, um, that's what they really like. And uh, first of all, I would say this, anything that you've got to write in anonymity, <laughs> there's probably not a lot of weight to it. Uh, go ahead and, I, you know, I don't even need to, I'm preaching in the choir now because whoever wrote that's not going to listen to podcasts. They don't even know what podcast means. But it's, it's about, it's about not what I like or I don't like. It's about how to worship him and how to come together and pull our resources, pull our energy, pull our time, pull everything about us to make sure the lost world goes to heaven. I can promise you in all eternity, you're not going to be in heaven debating. Should we, should we have sang more new songs or more hymns? Mm. Yeah. No. You know what? I got a feeling Christ is not even going to pass out rewards based upon <laughs> what kind of songs we sing. And you mean he's um, not keeping tally. Yeah, the Great White Throne tally? Judgment. Yeah. Probably not even. They're probably not even going to be de- debating theology there. What? Just again. Yeah. The devil is so good at, at getting us off focus on foolish things. Foolish things. And we all struggle with this because the flesh is inside of us. I wish we had some kind of uh, like chamber that, you know, when we when we got out of our car, maybe, you know, right. Yeah, well, we, we'd want to do it before they got to the parking lot because some of the most foolish things happen in the parking lot. But I wish we had some little chamber where you would walk through. Like I was watching Chicago Med the other night, and they were showing back during uh, the COVID thing, and I don't know whether they did this or not, but you would actually, to get into their hospital, nurses and doctors had to go in this place, and it would shoot something all over them. And then they would walk through, and being they're good to go. I wish we had that at the church. And so maybe in an off-site location, right? Maybe right next to our parking lot, and you had to stop, you get out of your car you go through it and bing it takes the flesh away yeah. and and now you just come and you're not focused on likes dislikes t- 
time, selfish matters, but instead, hey, uh, I'm here to worship the one true king who, instead of what style of music and what beat that I sing to, he's focused on the attitude of the heart. And the reality is you can sing the best hymn in the world. You can sing the best new song in uh, in the world. But if your heart's messed up, you might as well keep your mouth shut because he's not listening anyway. Right. Well, that makes a great transition into your first point where you talk about these descriptions of behavior. Um, So again, the title, in in all things, love, and you talk about these moral absolutes when it comes to behavior and this matter of personal conviction. So uh, I know you had a lot to say about those. Can you... Can you kind of tell tell us the difference in between the, the moral absolute yet or versus this matter of personal conviction? Moral absolutes are easy. Uh, this is what's right. This is what's wrong. That scripture very clearly tells us this is right and this is wrong. We'll use an example. Loving my spouse is always right. right. Being faithful to my spouse is always right. Uh, adultery is always wrong. There's no way that you can pervert scripture. I've had folks say, well, you know, if God didn't want us to be together, then he wouldn't have brought us into each other's lives. That is, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. No, no. God's word's very clear. God will never lead, direct, or anything for you to do uh, contrary to what scripture says. There are folks who sit there and say, man, I just want to know what God's plan is. Oh, God, what is your plan? Oh, God, what is your will? Read the word. Right. Don't expect him. Oh my goodness! I'm driving down the road. I'm looking. Is that a, what? What is that cloud? That oh, that cloud. That cloud looks like a tiger. That's what that is. That's a tiger. And you know what? I remember. I remember when I was at the zoo yeah. and I saw the tigers. That there, there was there was a woman there, and 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 and, and I said, "Excuse me," and she smiled. And and maybe that's that's God's will for my life. The tiger woman that said. Smiled when I said, Excuse me. I saw it in the clouds, and he is the Lord of the clouds. Look. And we yeah. laugh, but I, there are folks yeah. that approach it that way. Right. right and wrong, moral absolutes, that there are some things that are absolutely true for all people at all times in every situation. The world would want us to believe that ethics and morality that it is situational yeah that it can change yeah. from moment to moment from individual right. to individual but what god's word says is true it is always true if his word changes then i really don't have anything that i can truly anchor myself to and know it is going to be absolutely the same so if god's word changes now i'm in a very dangerous environment because if his word can change, then he can change. So yeah, now no longer yeah. can I sit there and say, well, I know the kind of God he's going to be today. No. Oh, my goodness. I'm waking up and uh, things are bad in the world or uh, this thing happened yesterday or, or oh, God's going to be mad about that today. Today, today I'm going to be serving an angry God. Yeah. No. He is always the same, right? His word is always the same. The principles of his word are always the same. So the moral absolutes, as I said in the message, I don't really struggle with that. I like things fitting neatly into their right. categories. And I, a little side note as well, we've talked about this, Ryan, that if I sit there and I have to go through God's word trying to find scripture to justify behavior in my life, right. that's usually a pretty good indication right. that I don't need to be doing that in my right. life. Right. And we're going to hammer that out this coming next week. Yeah. 
um, on making those decisions. But the moral absolutes, yeah, no problem there. Matter of personal conviction, eh, great. Well, so on uh, on the moral absolutes, you even kind of pointed us to, you know, hey, it's it's always right to love. It's always right to be honest. It's always right to show honor. And I, not, that just encompasses so much in our life. Um, well, it's always wrong to tell a lie. And then somebody will always come up and they'll say, well, now, what if, what if I'm just your wife you. says, do these pants look good? And you're really thinking they don't look good, but you don't want to hurt her feelings. And so you say they do look good. And so technically you're lying. Is that wrong? Because you've just made the statement, it's always wrong to tell a lie. So is that wrong? I don't know. What would you say, Ryan? Well, here's how I answer that question. At the Tucker household, all right? If... My beautiful wife walks out and says, hey, what do you think of this? We have established early in our marriage that, hey, do you want me to be honest or you just want me to hear or want want me to say what you want to hear? So we always have on this particular subject topic, we always have a very honest conversation about that. Well, that's good. And I, and I think that's healthy when it comes to relationships. Now, I don't think that's the reality of every other house. You're right. Maybe not. <laughs> so, um, and basically, I just avoided your question. because yeah. I don't, Do you ask I don't your know wife, how, how do these pants, do they look good on me? <laughs> yeah. All the time. Every morning. Hey, babe, how do, how do my pants look? No, the truth I, is, you don't have to ask your wife because... If she didn't like the pants, she's going to go ahead and volunteer the information. You're going to be like, go. oh, man, now I'm going to yeah. go find another pair of pants. <laughs> right. So um, I, that's a great question. I don't, I don't, I avoided your question by saying what we do. I, I don't, that, that's a great. Question. Here's what I would say I would say an attempt maliciously to, uh, to, to distort the truth to bring about personal gain. Mm. And I mean that's a lie. I mean right. the, the whole thing of well the pants or or right. what if they get their hair cut and you're like she cut it way too short. I like her hair longer. And now what am I going to do? Because it's, it's going to take three months to grow back long. And what if I say no? I hate it. It's terrible. Yeah. Then that's going to be a long three months, and it's going to hurt her feelings. And but so instead, what if I just say oh, it looks really good, but I really don't think it looks. I'm saying the things that fit into that category are so minuscule. Correct. But again, it is a fabrication of the truth to bring about some personal gain, to bring about some personal gain. And I would just sit there and say, all right, Holy Spirit, talk to me here. Yeah. Talk to me here on this. But yeah, I like those neat categories. I don't struggle with the right and the wrong. I always say this, I'm black, I'm white. It's that whole in-between, that gray area that it it gets difficult for me. When you gave us that list on these personal convictions, um, you know, again, just saying, hey, there are some things that are in life, things that we have to deal with, things that happen in life that aren't necessarily named in Scripture. And like, for instance, you talked about smoking. Smoking is not in Scripture. Um, You know... And, And yet I can make the argument... That the body is the temple of God. Right. We are not to harm the temple of God. I even gave the quote of of Spurgeon, the famous quote that he's like, hey, right. I'm going to smoke this cigar and smoke it to the glory of God. Right. Now, the difference is 
we have information today that Spurgeon did not have. Well, like fried food, like fried food, right? Like it, it's not great for you. Not necessarily causing some sort of cancer, but it's not good. It's not healthy. Diabetes. So you, true. There you go. Maybe I don't know. My so grandmother. My, hey, my grandmother, red-eyed gravy every stinking morning her whole life. Okay, and you, she was a little old woman. Red-eyed gravy. You don't know what red-eyed gravy is. I don't know what red eye gravy is. All right, red eye gravy. So you take you take you take with her. It's going to be the sausage grease that's left. She's going to take black coffee and pour it in the skillet with the sausage uh, uh, leftover bits of sausage and grease and all that. Black uh, coffee poured in there, and that makes red eyed gravy. Now, whew, son, it is stout. I, 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 coffee. I, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, red-eyed. I don't know. I guess because where maybe it gives you, you red eyes. I have no idea. Do what? That, where, I mean, where are you from? I am from Backwoods, Tennessee, son. Backwoods, Tennessee. Matter of fact, there in, in my grandparents' house, when when they talked about red-eyed, when they talked about gravy, that's all they meant, red-eyed gravy. Red-eyed gravy. Um, so the... Uh, anyway, but so she would eat, eat stuff like that all the time. And, I mean, she ended up being... She, I think she uh, Alzheimer's is what eventually took her life. Well, all right. So we're, we're talking about the food, fried food, all these things, and and you gave this list talking about you know personal convictions. So my, I guess my question is: Do people take this idea of personal convictions? Do we do we take it too far, or do we not uh, consider it enough when it comes to some of the things in Scripture and living our life in a godly way that glorifies God. Do we do we take it too far? Do we not take it far enough? Like, I know that's kind of a vague question. But. I would say yes oh. <laughs> on both. Yeah, yeah. Because we're imperfect people, right? And we can sit here all day and we can say, okay, listen, we'll go back to the to the example of worship and the kind of yeah. kind of songs and the kind of music, and we all have preferences. We have preferences. I say this, and people don't believe this. Hey, every service that I attend and every song that I am, you know, singing and I'm a part of as well, it may not, I may not sit there and say, "Oh man, that's my favorite ever." Right. But again, it was never intended for me. Right. Right. It's intended as an act of worship to God. Yeah. And the reality is, if 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 my heart cannot be stirred unless mm. there's a particular kind yeah. of music, then that's an indictment on the condition of my heart. Yeah. Not the style of music. And and so that's a sermon right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think I preached it. Undoubtedly, not everybody's heard it. The but going back to what you said, it, there are so many things that fit in very clearly in the right and wrong categories. Right. This matter of personal conviction is going to be, I believe, much smaller. Now there are a lot of things that we try to find the loophole in Scripture to take it over there to that matter of personal conviction. For instance, we'll sit there and we'll say, well, that's not really what it means. Or, or now uh, it can mean this or it can mean that, and it probably means that because that's what I want it to mean. Yeah. And the reality is that it doesn't take, it doesn't take a lot of uh a lot of interpretation to understand what is even being said there i just want to move it over because i want to give some kind of uh guilt remover to mm. a uh, a conduct or a behavior yeah. within my own life 
Um, but I gave three questions there. I don't know if you're able to write those down when it comes to. I got them. A matter of personal conviction. So we so we're not we're not able to sit there and say, all right, where is this right and wrong when it comes to scripture? This is kind of open. Right. And those questions are, is it okay in the Bible? And these may be paraphrased based off of my listening skills. Is it okay in the Bible? Um, can I ask Jesus to bless this behavior? I thought that was a good one. And is it a is it something that you would want to be doing or be found doing when Jesus comes back? Yeah, my grandmother, or excuse me, my mom has said that my whole life. Yeah. Is that something you'd like to be doing if Jesus were to come back? Yeah. And I'm telling you, man, that sticks. Now, there are folks that sit there and say, man, that's kind of some faulty theology right there. Uh, and you could argue that. But I'm sitting here and I'm like, I tell you what, there have been times in my life to where I'm like, you know, I think I may do this. And and for me, and this is hilarious because I know you can go to Las Vegas and you not be gambling. I know that. And I, I see I'm one of these. I, I, I'm one of those that for me, gambling is not an option. Uh, I know that there are folks that are like, well, that's kind of a gray area. The yeah. Bible doesn't speak on it. I can pull verses out of the Bible, and I think I can build a pretty good argument on why gambling uh, is uh, is not good. Uh, I can I could say for my own self, it's just entertainment, exactly for my own self. But for my own self, it'd be a sin because I know what clear, clearly the Holy Spirit of God has told me right. that I should not engage in. So I've kind of had this in my mind. The only reason anybody goes to Las Vegas, even though I have friends who are on church church staffs out there, even though that I've I've had this always in my mind. Oh man, you know Vegas. You only go to Vegas for gambling and all kinds of just terrible reprobate things. And so in my mind, I'm like, as soon as I go to Vegas. I'm walking down the street, and all of a sudden, Jesus is going to come back, yeah. and here I am, and I'm in Vegas. And so, right. please hear me. That, yeah. that, that is my own world, okay? Right, I'm not right. sitting there saying, if you love Jesus, you don't go, go to Vegas. Vegas. I mean, I've got good friends that would sit there and tell you, my goodness, if there is such a thing as a city in desperate need of Jesus Christ, it is Las Vegas. And so, uh, they, they're there. It's part of their mission field. I'm just saying how it plays out in my own life. Yeah. But those are great questions to ask yourself. Yeah, the first absolutely. one, is it prohibited by the Bible? Is it prohibited by the Bible? And I would say this, you, every one of us need people in our lives, and this is a constant thing that we talk about, Ryan. Every one of us need people in our lives that we are accountable to, that yeah. love Jesus yeah. and love us in that order. Because we all have people in our lives that we know will tell us exactly what we want to hear. So I'm not going to engage those folks. Hey, you think I should do this? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, you owe it to yourself. Be true to yourself. You've earned it. Do it your way. Or my favorite, God wants you to be happy. God wants you to be holy, and really, you should find happiness in being holy. Mm. But so... I'm going to have somebody in my life, and, and I'm going to sit here and say, all right, listen, this is a conduct that is I'm engaging in or I'm thinking about engaging in. So can, can I just ask you, as a fellow brother in Christ, as a fellow sister in Christ, talk to me here. What do, what do you think about this? What, 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 has been, what, what has the Holy Spirit revealed to you as you've, you've been studying the Word? And, and again, if you cannot get a clear conscience yeah. and you are a child of God, that is the spirit of God that is not giving you that clear conscience. Yeah. And so it's always better to say, I'm not going to do that. Here's what we tell our kids. Hey, listen, if you got to come to us and say, you think it's okay if I wear this? It's yeah. not okay if you wear yeah. this. Just go ahead. 90% of the time, if you've got to ask, it's probably not okay. Yeah. 
Uh, is it okay if I listen to this music? Probably not. The very fact we're having this conversation. Is it okay if I watch this movie? Now you know the answer to that. Yeah. Why are you even asking me? <laughs> yeah. So the, is it prohibited in the word of God? And then I like, like you said, can I ask Jesus to bless this? Yeah. Can I ask Jesus to bless this? All right, here we go. Jesus. I need uh I need uh I need twenty one right here. Come on, yeah. Jesus. Can you bless bless this, Jesus? Bless this, Jesus, because Daddy needs a new car. <laughs> well, I just think that one's a very honest question. If if we truly jump into it and we really kind of dissect what that question is asking, because we're really good at justifying our own sin. We're really good at saying, Hey, this is I mean, this is benefiting me. It's okay for me to do this here. It is situational and it's gonna it's gonna be okay because whatever reason we want to give, but when you when you dive into that one, you know it's it's just a very honest, heartfelt, deep, convicting question. And I would say I don't think a lot of people understand. They even understand the meaning of the question. Yeah, what does it mean for Jesus to bless something? I would say most folks would say, uh, "Well, um, he's blessing it. It means he's gonna make me comfortable." Yeah. Mm. He's going to give me what I want. That's what yeah, blessing means. Me gain. Yeah, I get he's going to give me what. That, yeah. That's not. That's not Jesus blessing it. Jesus blessing it is is him saying this. I'm going to take this and I'm going to use it for my glory. Yeah, and I'm going to use this to draw people mm. to me. A great question you could even throw in there is this: Is this going to lead people closer to Christ, or yeah. is this going to push people further yeah. away from Christ? Yeah. Mm. Um, but again, it all centers around. This this ain't about me. <laughs> this ain't about me. This is all about him. And when I say him, I don't mean H Y M N. I mean capital H I M. Right. Right. Mm. I'm on my soapbox today. There you go. It's okay. It's all right. This uh we're gonna make it through. Um all right, so in all things love. We have these descriptions of behavior. You know, we talked about moral absolutes, talked about matter of personal conviction. And then you talk about differences in believers, uh, talking about there's weak believers there's and there's strong believers. Um, and it, some of this kind of goes back to personal conviction. Uh, you talked about these weak believers having this, this legalistic mindset where, you know, we got to live by this list of rules in order for us to be okay and in the right frame and the right statue we got like so weak believers strong believers yeah we've gotten it backwards we we have this idea of people that are really strong believers people that are really spiritual they're the ones that have the long list and we're all guilty of this Man, my list is longer than them, and that means I uh, uh, there's more do's and don'ts in my life, so that really proves how much I love Jesus Christ. And so that's not really the case. And I love the fact that Paul, Paul kind of rails here on weak believers, and there's a theme around what he means by weak believers. He's talking about legalism, and then he gets over to Romans uh, chapter 15, verse 1, and he's like, by the way, I'm strong. Yeah. We we yeah. who are strong, let's talk about us. Right. We ought to, we ought we ought to bear with the weak. Mm. We ought to understand that they're weak in the faith. And again, it all goes back to this thing. It's setting aside self. Yeah. For the sake of others, for the sake of the gospel. 
well, I'll be able to do whatever I want to do because the Bible doesn't really talk about it. Right. Well, well, no, not. I mean, not not if it's going to harm the gospel. Well, you know, if they got a problem, and we're even going to address that this next sermon. That does that mean that I'm supposed to make everybody happy? Does that mean that nobody is to be offended by my behavior? That's not what he is saying. That's not what he is saying. There always will be people that are offended by things that you do. So please don't misunderstand that. What it means is my attitude, my heart is, man, I don't want to do anything that, that, that might cost somebody eternity. I don't want anyone to have any excuse to stay away from the life-transforming power of Jesus Christ because of something they've seen or heard from me. That if anything, I, I, I want... I want their interaction with me to be a drawing card yeah. to the kingdom of God. Well, and you even kind of made the, the, the point that under this strong believer mindset that we're not going to make people stumble. Like we're going we're gonna to have this encouraging tone. We're going to be able to lead them to who Jesus is and not, not cause them to stumble in their actions or their thoughts or... Um, and again, I, I think that's just—I think that's one of those things that sometimes we overlook because we're so selfish in what we do, how we live. We want things our way, but when we start to understand the truth of the gospel and what God has called us to do, uh, and it, it isn't about us; it's about us making much of Jesus into the lives of the people and the places around us. So, um, this whole idea of stumbling—that. To me, that, that hits home um, rather than just living by this list of things. Because you even said, like, these strong believers understand that we're, we're set free from the man's list. Sure. Well, and one of the things that you and I, I think, have just recently talked about, and um, I, don't, I don't think we talked about it on the podcast. I think I say this all the time, though. I do so much talking, I can't remember <laughs> where I have conversations right. and all those kinds of things. But... Um, now, we'll just we'll just take drinking alcohol. Yeah, the uh, we clearly know the scripture says this: we're not to be drunk. We 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 know that. Now, <laughs> I think I think people define drunkenness differently. Yeah. How about how about we'll just go from the law of the land? Yeah, yeah. Well, the law of the land. I'm not even sure what it is here in Florida. Is it like point oh eight? Point oh eight. So the um, appreciate the help from our producer today. Um, I was going to say something, but I did not stop right in the middle. Okay. It's sorry. okay. He's just well read. That's well right. Read. The uh, .08 or what? I, I don't think that takes much. But again, I don't know. And I'm thankful yeah. that I never in my life developed a taste for, yeah. for alcohol. I just, yeah. to me, it's nasty. But so scripture says you should not be drunk. We know, we know that's the case. Now, I could sit there and I could take verses of Scripture and I could make an argument, wine's a mocker and, you know, stay away from all, to just to be completely abstinent. I'm not, uh, I'm not going to have any alcohol whatsoever. Now, that is, that is what the Holy Spirit of God has done in my own life. I, I, I'm not going to do that. And you and I have talked about this, Ryan, not because I think, okay, having a glass of wine means that I'm going right. to go to hell or having a, gla- uh, a beer means I'm going go to go to, to hell. 
Um, but I would never want anyone to uh, see my behavior in that area and say, okay, pastor thinks this is okay, and it caused a major problem in their own life because of alcoholism or whatever the case may be. It's just a dangerous, dangerous thing. So I I don't do that. I don't do that. Um, you know, I'm gonna am I gonna sit there and I have friends that that they love Jesus and they they've kind of drawn the line of I'm not gonna get drunk. I know what scripture says there, but I I am gonna do this or maybe have a drink or have a beer or have a glass of wine or whatever. Am I gonna sit there and say, again, you don't love Jesus? Well 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 no. I I, I don't I to me I don't have a clear, clear uh, defense of that in scripture. Yeah. Now again, I can I can pull things out and show you the 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 very danger that's involved right. there. Uh, but for me, for me personally, it would be a sin. Yeah, because I know what the Holy Spirit right, of God right. has done. That's a matter of personal conviction. Yeah, has done in my own life. Now, uh, for for someone else, that would be that would be I guess their uh, personal conviction in their own life. But I would never want. It's not going to be somebody's not going to walk through a restaurant. First of all, right. I, don't, I can't see me sitting there drinking a glass of wine. That you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'd drink whiskey or something. I don't know. I've never had it, so I don't know if it'd be good or bad or whatever. But you know, if I'm going to feel like somebody saying, "Ooh, you know, would you have an earring?" You know, one time, one time I was, I was, I was when I was pastoring a little church in Mississippi. Uh, there were they had to send in videos so they could play it on the local cable access channel. And so I filmed myself. And at the time I had this bright red pimple right on my earlobe. <laughs> and, and I guess none of the other pastors filmed their video and stuff. And so, and so they, uh, they, they, they played mine over and over and over. And so they're sitting there and they're basically, uh, running, I'd run into folks that are like, "Oh yeah, you're that pastor with that bright red ruby earring yeah. in your in your ear." I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Yeah. I would never wear a bright red. Yeah. Ru- It'd be like a tiger fang or something <laughs> hanging down. That's what I would wear if I had an earring." Yeah. So again, I go back to let's just say somebody walks by and I'm sitting there with uh, uh, Hennessy. I know that from my my friend Parnell. I got I got some Hennessy sitting right there. They're not going to go out and say, "Hey, saw the pastor. You know, he yeah. is." family and they were having a meal having a that. godly conversation yeah it's gonna be like oh my goodness you're not gonna believe yeah you're not gonna believe what the pastor was doing yeah. and 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 so i just say this for me i don't do that yeah but that's how, what god how, how god has worked in my life all right and, and please hear me i'm not saying i'm more spiritual than someone who doesn't i just know what the holy spirit of god yeah. it to me it is not worth the damage that it can cause yeah um so that, and I think we could probably talk about that for a long time. Maybe that'll be a, a a bonus episode one day, producer. We can talk about that later. But I mean, the third point in this whole idea of you know, in all things love, you talk about this disposition of love and what it means to to love in all things. And then you, I, I liked how you put this. You started talking about there's some essentials and there's some non-essentials when it comes to this. And you said the essential thing is unity but the non-essential thing was liberty so uh can you kind of break that apart peel the layers back on that did i get that right yeah you did yeah all right yeah and and somebody this is not my quote i honestly i i I don't know somebody else said this i'm sure we could look it up and find it but in the essentials there must be unity in the non-essentials there must be liberty but in all things there must be charity 
and charity is that KJV word for love. So basically what he is saying, there are some things that are essential. We addressed a little bit of those in the message. I kind of came up with, uh, I don't know, roughly five uh, essentials that we don't compromise on. We can even take that a little bit further. We could break those out, but you know, the Bible being the very word of God, Jesus, fully God, fully man, salvation only comes through him, right? He is, he did rise from the dead and he is going to come back again one day. And so I'm going to center around those essentials. And then secondly, um, listen, there's liberty when it comes to things that the Bible doesn't speak of and let, let, let each person let the Holy Spirit deal with each believer as the Holy Spirit is dealing in their life. But the main thing is love. Yeah. Love. Notice this. Scripture does not say the folks that are not saved will want what the folks who are saved have by the way they have unity in the essentials. By the way, they have diversity in the non-essentials. Yeah. It doesn't say that. It says, by the way, they love one another. Yeah. And again, it goes back to... Christians sometimes can be meaner than all kinds of hell. Yeah. They can be meaner than lost people over things that do not matter. Yeah. At the end of the day, 10,000 years from now, is it going to matter? Yeah. I had a, a older lady in one of the churches I served in in Texas that stopped me. I had invited a friend to church. This friend did not like church people. Um, she had bad experiences. I guess the popular word today is there was some church trauma in her life. And, uh, I invited a friend to church. This lady stopped me. She looked at me and she said, God did not approve of the clothes that I had on. And, uh, like, and I had told you that. Yeah. Like, and again, I brought this friend to church. Didn't like this. This person didn't like church people were you covered up were you wearing like a tank top no man i had some jeans i was probably wearing blue jeans and flip-flops back in the day with a t-shirt it was sunday morning i know it's probably you know not the greatest attire ever that would fit that that describes a lot of people i see here every sunday Um, i know i'm waiting for you and pastor carl to extend the uh dress code regulations for staff folks we can wear flip-flops and jeans on a sunday morning i don't write I don't write the dress code. Uh, that is that is something that uh, Carl does. I do back him. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you. His biggest problem is I just don't think he likes hairy toes. Well, that's that's a that's probably a great thing. Not because like. he does let the women wear them. Have you noticed that? I haven't. Yeah, the women can wear them, hmm. and that's that's its own problem. Yeah. You could probably bring a, a you know yeah. some kind of civil suit. Against I'm just going to leave that as is. But you know, again, it told me. I, God didn't approve what I had on, but here's here's my question, and maybe we can end on this type of discussion. I know we got some other some quick points after this, but can you imagine what our church would be like, what our our city would be like, what our county, our nation would be like if believers really understood and did everything out of love? Like, mm. Can you can you imagine? the advancement of the gospel can you imagine the gospel conversations and opportunities that we would have if believers truly lived their life out of love i cannot imagine that because uh 51 years of being here i've never seen that and i think the only way i will see that is when the uh the issue of sin will be no more 
which will be in in the very presence of of, of Jesus when we're when we're home and when we're in heaven. Um, the like, the devil is so crafty, man. He he knows exactly. He appeals to the flesh. He appeals to the selfishness. Yeah. In that driving spirit about us, you know, whenever somebody says, I don't know if you've had people say this to you over the years, Ryan, but I'll have folks say, you know, I love Jesus, but, or, uh, I know God can do anything he wants to, but yeah, they're getting ready to say something that is just flat out unbiblical yeah. and foolish and yeah. very selfish. Uh, and I'll, I'll even tell you something that uh, that that we have here, you know, in our own congregation over, and, and we're we're quote a beach church, even though I'd say we're not a beach church because you have to drive a little ways to get to the beach, and we're uh, we 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 really don't to me have that beachy laid back mentality. We start on time and all those kinds of things. Some but, ministries in this church start on time, yeah, not all of them. Well. Yeah, well, and a lot of that has to do with your demographic, I assume. The, um, the, the, but guys wearing uh, hats mm. and caps yeah. into the into the service. Now, I was raised. Me you too. walk into any building, you yeah. take a hat off. It's disrespectful, yeah. and especially you walk into the sanctuary. Yeah, uh, you take the hat off because that is disrespectful, yeah. and. So, uh, right or wrong, it just is what it is. The millennial generation—they don't see it disrespectful at all. It's crazy. My 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 fourteen-year-old, um, he wakes up in the morning. He likes the way, he, if he doesn't like the way his hair looks, he puts a ball cap on. And I'm like, you're gonna have to take that off when you get in the class. He goes, No, I'm not. Yeah, we we wear caps to school. They don't make us take our caps off. I had that same conversation with my son. I'm like, Are you kidding me? Yeah. They, we got in trouble at my high school if you didn't tuck your shirt in. And Did you go to a private school? <laughs> no, there was one high school in my whole county. Oh, yeah, so there were no private years. schools. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the Mennonites had a private school, but <laughs> outside of that, and I wasn't going to fit into yeah. there. You know, I had a, I had more shirts <laughs> than just gray and black. The, but for the millennials, a, a hat is no yeah. different than a belt yeah. or shoes or whatever. And so, I, you know, I sit here and I, I talk to Wednesday nights is when I kind of have our core uh, group. And, and, I, and I do a lot of my housekeeping teaching and stuff during that yeah. time. But I've even said to them, oh, my goodness, who cares? Yeah. Who cares if somebody is in here and they're wearing a cap if they get saved by Jesus yeah. and they 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 come to know him as, as Lord, who cares whether he has a hat on or not? And uh, I even had one guy say, well, you know, if he gets saved, he may take that cap off. And I'm like, are you flipping kidding me? Yeah. And I apologize. My wife has gotten on to me. Don't say the word flipping um, because, uh, you know, I don't cuss. And that for me, that would be a curse word. That's about as rough as I get. I've tried to cuss a couple of times over the years, and my wife always laughs and says I'm using it in the wrong place. It's out of context. I'm not putting emphasis in the right, right, right parts of the we word. Could, we could just have our producer put a bleep over yeah. your flipping word, yeah. and people might think. Yeah, let's don't do that. Okay, all right. let's don't do that. We'll just let it go. All right. The um, but you know, I tell the church, hey, who cares? 
Who cares? We're not we're not focusing on trying to get their right. their head uncovered. Yeah. We're trying to focus on getting their heart pierced. Yeah. And and then likewise, you know, I've even I've even I know you've talked to your young adults and you've even said, Hey, listen, yeah. you know, take the hat off. It's not that big of a deal. It's offensive. Yeah. To this other generation, so so don't don't wear it, right? B- because again, you don't want to offend them. But yeah. at the end of the day, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Now I'm not going to preach in a hat just because that's how I was raised. Yeah. But also, there are folks that are offended that I don't preach in a suit, right? And and again, what's the bottom line? None yeah. of that will matter for eternity. So. Well, and your last three things under this disposition of love is I've been adopted by the Lord, I belong to the Lord, and I would be judged by the Lord. Um, and then, you know, so how so how does that, why did you close it with that when you talk about this disposition of love? Um, I've been, a, except, I'm not, I said adopted accepted by the lord i've been accepted by the lord i belong to the lord and i will be judged by the lord why well, did you close it out that way yeah it was it's right there in the scripture why 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 am i to accept other believers that i disagree with over the non-essentials there you go well verse three god has received him who has he received the guy who eats meat and the guy who doesn't eat meat, yeah. the guy who agrees with me on this non-essential, and the guy who doesn't agree with me on this non-essential. And again, I'm a part of that. So God has received him, him, me, him, them, anyone who's in Jesus. Uh, I belong to the Lord, verse 8, whether we live, whether we die, we're the Lord's. He's just sitting there saying, listen, you, who are you? They don't belong to you. You don't belong to them. We both belong to him. He's the one. Jesus is the one that calls the shots. I got no right to tell you what you can do, what you can't do, outside of what God's word says. And then the third one, I'm going to be judged by the Lord. Verse 10, we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And let's not confuse that. That's not the great white throne judgment. That's not those that are going to be sentenced to hell, that's when Christ passes out the rewards. Yeah. But it is a reminder, I'm not, I'm not supposed to sit in judgment over you. You're not supposed to sit in judgment over me when it comes to these uh, matters of, um, of personal conviction, but instead allow, allow the Lord to be the one to move and work in somebody's life. Yeah. But accept one another. Accept one another because we've been accepted by Christ. Yeah. Well, Pastor Stephen, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for your time and always pointing us to Jesus. And uh, it's always a pleasure to be able to be in a room with you, talk about your sermon. And if you are listening, please stay tuned to the things we have coming on. We will see you next time on The Unchangeable Truth. Hey guys, this is Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today, Unchangeable Truth. This is a ministry of Highland Park Baptist Church in Panama City, Florida, and we would love for you to visit us if you ever find yourself in the Panama City area. Our address is 2611 Highway 231 North. You can also learn more about our church and its ministry by going to our website, www.highland, and it's H-I-L-A-N-D, park.org. There you'll learn more about what we believe, what we teach, 
about the gospel of Jesus Christ. There'll also be a sermon archive there so you can go and listen to various sermons over the last several years. As always, we would love to talk to you about your relationship with Jesus Christ. So feel free, shoot us an email, info at highlandpark.org. If you'd like to learn more about Jesus and what it means to follow him, our prayers are that you would draw near to Christ, that this podcast would be used to point you to Jesus and to help your faith grow and your walk increase. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening.